Sefer Devarim, Parshat Kitetse, on continuing liberation. In Parshat Kitetse, we continue to receive moral instruction, and we are reminded of the sacred task of being a holy people. We read, since the Lord your God moves about in your camp to protect you and to deliver your enemies to you, let your camp be holy. Let God not find anything unseemly among you and turn away from you. What specific violation would be so abhorrent so as to tarnish the holiness of the Israelites' camp? What would God find so unseemly that God would turn away from us? The Torah immediately explains, You shall not turn over to the master a slave who seeks refuge with you from that master. Such individuals shall live with you in any place they may choose among the settlements in your midst. Wherever they please, you must not ill-treat them. As we know, the people living during the time of the Torah, of course, were not at all ready to entirely abolish slavery. And yet the Torah tries to do everything possible to protect the slave. And so, this initial measure to reduce the damage of slavery by ensuring the fullest freedom of escaped slaves is absolutely critical to understand and to follow. So what specifically does it mean? Rashi uses the Targum to gather that this is referring to escaped slaves from non-Israelite nations, though he says it can also apply to the slave of an Israelite. And regarding the seriousness of how these escaped slaves are treated, Abraham ibn Ezra commented, If the Israelite turns the slave over to his master, this will entail the desecration of God's name. Scripture therefore reads, you must not ill-treat them. Additionally, the Ramban, Nachmanides, emphasized a practical element here, that a person fleeing an enemy can be an important ally for national security. They know the other camp from the inside but are committed to fighting on our side for justice. So too, he took the religious approach that we do not want to send someone back to a life of idolatry. For Maimonides, the Rambam, though the main implications were clearly moral, the Rambam understood that kindness is our obligation not only when one encounters an escaped slave, but anytime somebody needs our help. He wrote in his Guide for the Perplexed, Mercy is also the object of the law. You shall not turn over to the master a slave who seeks refuge with you from that master. But it teaches besides a very useful lesson, namely that we must always practice this virtue, help and protect those who seek our help, and not deliver them unto those from whom they flee. And it is not sufficient to give assistance to those who are in need of our help. We must look after their interests, be kind to them, and not hurt their feeling by words. Thus the law says, he, the escaped slave, shall dwell with you even among you in that place which they shall choose in one of your gates, where they like it best. You shall not ill-treat them. Maimonides does, however, add one caveat. It is specifically the vulnerable that we have a responsibility to help, not those who are, who are perpetrating evil in the world. He continues, these are undoubtedly the right ways designated and different from the ways of the fools who consider a person praiseworthy when he helps and protects their fellow without discriminating between the oppressor and the oppressed. The Jewish tradition demonstrates to us that there is indeed great evil in the world, including the present effects of the, 
of the slavery that existed in America. We cannot, of course, eradicate every evil or even totally avoid being complicit in the evil that is built into the very structure of society. We see that we must, however, take every possible opportunity to make the system more just and move ourselves toward a world in which cruelty fades away. When we read this Parsha in light of American history, the parallels are striking. The mitzvah of meeting the housing needs and human decency needs of escaped slaves reads almost like a direct response to the racist policies that have existed in American history. Most obviously, the Fugitive Slave Act of 1850, which required citizens and free states to return escaped slaves to bondage in the South. Another clear parallel is the practice of redlining, which prevented Black individuals from getting loans to purchase houses. The lasting effects of this today are brutal, as generational wealth typically comes from having a parent who owned a home and had net worth to pass on to you. According to the Brookings Institute, in 2016, the average white family had 10 times the net worth of the average black family, $171,000, compared with $17,150. It's almost eerie how explicitly the Torah warned against this when we were commanded, such individuals shall live with you in any place that you may choose, among the settlements in your midst, wherever they please, you must not ill-treat them. It is a value echoed by the abolitionist Frederick Douglass, who said, where justice is denied, where poverty is enforced, where ignorance prevails, and where any one class is made to feel that society is an organized conspiracy to oppress, rob, and degrade them, neither persons nor property will be safe. Just as the Israelites had a duty to rectify the life of the former slave, our racial justice work in America must be built upon an awareness of centuries of American slavery. To anyone who is awake and engaged in this country, it is abundantly clear the way trauma is passed down across generations, just as bigotry is passed down across generations. In the spirit of the Rambam, we are called to treat all oppressed people today the way the Torah tells us to treat escaped slaves. Yes, there's a clear Torah value of doing the work of liberation, but the Torah also makes clear this important category of those who have liberated themselves but who need to be welcomed into a just society in order to actualize their life and freedom. Further, the Torah recognizes that many people are neither slaves nor slave owners, but individuals who are morally charged to respond to the injustice in their midst. This means working to help heal trauma and bigotry, but it also means rectifying the disparities in intergenerational wealth that prevent social mobility. In much of the world, the harm from ignoring the Torah call to honor the dignity and rights of the escaped slaves has caused intergenerational disparities. Now, we are left to repair the damage that has been done. Shabbat Shalom.